friends, you're listening to Whole and Free, a podcast serving you a heaping helping of encouraging truth to free your soul and make you whole. This is Kathy Schwanke, speaker, author, and encourager of the faithful, here to help you soar on the sturdy wings of grace and truth. I wanted to start today talking about freedom. In a podcast on becoming whole and free, we need to know what it is we're going after. To talk about freedom, it's helpful to shed light on what we're looking to do in setting our souls free. So in order to clarify a thing, it's often helpful to look at its antonym. What is the opposite of freedom? Well, you might already know that it is bondage. I looked up bondage and the definition is slavery or involuntary servitude, the state of being bound or subjected to some external power or control. Do you ever feel like you're bound by some external power or control? Do you feel held back, weighed down, broken, and hindered? I wonder if it's a stretch to say that many of us aren't even aware of being in bondage. I think of stories of women who have abusive husbands and how they have the mindset that they somehow deserve the treatment they're receiving because their abusers are crafty and convince them of their inferiority. It's worth noting that we have an enemy who is an abuser, Satan. He is an accuser, actually. He hates God, and so he hates you and I. And Jesus said he's been sinning from the beginning. Since we sin too, we often don't realize Satan has his pointy claw hooked into us somewhere, preventing us from running our race. Or at least he's got us limping so we can't get very far before we're famished. Most of us have lesser evils than abusive husbands, but are bound by a number of things. Bondage is most often tied to fear, and often our fears are unidentified, as in we haven't named them. We don't know what we're reacting out of. We react to certain circumstances from fear, but it's so common for us to act the way we do, we just think this is the way I am. One of the areas I'm still working on is something I tolerated for the last 20 years. I didn't even consider that I might fight to be free of it. It's been such a part of my life since my anxiety days. But recently, my daughter Kayla had asked me about why we didn't do a lot as mother-daughter dates when she was a teen. I remember going to the outlet mall when she was getting her driving hours in for her driver's license, but we didn't do a lot with me in the driver's seat. I didn't let my anxiety driving stop me completely, but it did and still sometimes does hinder my freedom. I've dealt with freeway anxiety for 20 years, and I have three triggers besides high speeds. (laughs) Driving past a semi-truck, for some reason, I feel like I need to hold my breath until I get past it. And then worse, having a big truck behind me that I sense impatient with me while I'm passing a semi feels very anxious to me. And then the third thing is having a passenger in the car with me who wants to carry on a conversation. (laughs) I often say I can't cook and converse at the same time because I need to focus on one thing. My husband is a talker, and so when he sits at our kitchen island and tells me things, I miss so much of what he says because I'm concentrating on cooking. And I think it's a little bit the same with driving. I'm just more at ease when I don't have precious cargo or the responsibility to carry on a conversation while I'm driving. I've had some victory over the years. Uh, I've actually been completely free in all those areas at times, but I notice that I'm more prone to anxiety if it's been a while since I've been on the road. 
so I have to keep practicing. <laughs> uh, when I drive to my speaking events, I often take the long way since I love meandering through the country anyway. And I found that sometimes I can even get there faster because I'm not contending with traffic. And I feel a lot lighter because I'm not fighting anxiety. Well, Kayla's question became a prompt from the Lord for me to fight this battle with truth. My friend Susie says it like this, I need to mind my mind. I know part of becoming free is to unearth the fear or the lie and replace it with love and truth. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Those who fear haven't been made perfect in love. In other words, we haven't been able to receive the love of God because his love is perfect. It's our reception that's blocked. And that means I must have unbelief of some form when fear is present. The theme verse for my podcast might be Jesus' famous words, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. As you know, Jesus said, I am the truth. And so knowing Jesus, knowing his love, his perfect love, casts out our fear and does set us free. So we need to get that first. We need to know his love. We need to believe his love. I tell you about my weakest weakness today, so you know I'm in the thick of it with you. And perhaps being here for you will help me too. One of the first verses I memorized was Philemon 6. It says, I pray you will be active in sharing your faith so you will be aware of every good thing you have in Christ. And I've learned over time what that means because at first it was confusing. But since I've mentored and experienced such understanding from what I didn't know I knew, but I was sharing with people, I learned that it means when Jesus sent his spirit in us and when he wrote his word on our hearts, that we have something powerful inside of us that we're not even aware of until it comes out. The more we sow, the more we grow. I have mentored several women to wholeness, and I can attest to my own growing through those years of sowing into other people's lives. There's something about our mouths speaking truth that ministers to both the hearer and to the speaker. And I think this might be the key to our freedom, telling ourselves the truth. And when I say that, I don't mean think it inside only. Sometimes we need to speak to ourselves. We need to say, self, listen up. You need to stop the lies and hear the Lord. We need our ears to hear the truth so our heart can receive it. And more than speaking to our own ears, we need other people to speak truth to us as well. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is the rock-solid truth of God that smashes the lies we believe to smithereens. In saying that, I want to help you if you don't currently find God to be credible, if you doubt his love, and if you doubt his power, and if you doubt his willingness to help you get free, you will not benefit from his dynamic word. Unbelief is like having a blocked artery. The truth cannot get in to free you. So we need to get things square about God before we can be free. The beautiful thing, he's eager for us to know him. He wants to reveal himself to us. He says this in Jeremiah 29, 13 to 14. Seek me and you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will restore. And then he goes on to talk about what he'll restore in that passage. He wants to restore us. He made us so he could bless us. He made us so we could be in relationship with him. And everything that we live out of that's fear-based hinders our relationship with him. So he wants us free. Another passage that came to mind, and this one I've preached to my own ears a time or three, is Psalm 118.6, which says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? 
So memorize that one. That's a powerful one. Psalm 118 verse 6. And then we read Paul's words in Romans chapter 8 verses 26 through 32 that the Holy Spirit helps us. And this is how it how he reads it or how I read his word. <laughs> Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That word intercede is a bridge. It's connecting. It's praying and receiving what's in God for us into our hearts. I love that His Spirit lives in us, intercedes for us, so that we can gain the traction that we're after. Otherwise, we'd have no power to receive the truth. In verse 28, he goes on, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that's the verse that I say I would wear out if you could wear out a verse, <laughs> because to claim that verse that all things work together for good is a powerful way for us to keep going, to keep that hope in mind whenever we're in a hard place. Verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers he foreknew and predestined us to be free, to be conformed to the image of Jesus, so that we'll be the firstborn among others, so that we can help other people get free. And then verse 30, Paul says, And those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So it's a done deal already. We're just living into what God already says we are. So that's exciting too and helpful to know to give us confidence that we have a power that's going to get us to the next level of freedom and wholeness. And then I'm going to close the Romans 8 passage with these two verses, 31 and 32. It's about God's everlasting love. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He wants to give us all things. If he didn't spare Jesus, he's not going to spare anything that we're chasing after him for. Um, and then Hebrews 13, 6 says, We can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. So there's that freedom from the fear of man. And that is what I'm dealing with on the road when I allow anxiety is fearing disappointing the impatient man behind me. And it's also fearing, I don't know what I'm fearing when I pass the semi. I just like feel rushed to get past it because uh, I've never had one, you know, knock me in the ditch or anything, but, but God knows. And I will, <laughs> I'm being challenged to work with him on that. Knowing God loves us and knowing he's on our side and with us is the first step to freedom. This is why Jesus came, right? Remember his name, Emmanuel. That is the reason for the season of good tidings of great joy for all people. And that is the reason also that we celebrate this upcoming season of the resurrection of Jesus. Upcoming Sunday, actually. Jesus' resurrection was and is the gateway to our freedom. The step after getting it settled that God loves us then will be unearthing the lie or the lies that we have agreed with. And this is where we need the help of the Holy Spirit. He who is the wonderful counselor knows us better than we know ourselves, and he will bring things up from the basement of our souls. He wants to do a clean sweep. He wants the dark corners to be filled with light. 
He wants us free more than we want to be free. Because Jesus died for our freedom, and when we're free, it's a testimony to his power to the world. He wants to be known and trusted because he wants every soul to come to him in faith and be adopted into his family. That's what he came to do. Friends, our king has a vested interest in our freedom. Just look at the cross a tiny bit longer than a glance and see what his passion for your soul looks like. I'm currently reading a book by Dr. Rob Reimer called Soul Care. He is a professor of pastoral theology at Alliance Theological Seminary in New York, and he says this, The issue of your value is settled at the cross. This is a truth that you must hold on to. This is a truth you must appropriate every time the lies threaten your security, value, and identity. This is what God has accomplished in your spirit and what you must hold on to and work out in your soul. This is a foundation you must build your life upon. Upon this foundation, you can find peace, love, acceptance, security, significance, and all you need in life. So, friends, as we seek to uproot lies and find the truths that set us free, the first step is to get his love. I want to leave you today with three practical ways you can come to believe and receive his love more deeply. Number one, time reading and journaling. And a lot of health blogs will say this too, that they start their day reading and journaling. It just enables your soul to have wholeness, to express your thanksgiving, to express your angst or your pain or your frustration in a journal, and especially to God in his presence is a powerful way to start your day. I start every day with my notebook open and a pen in my hand. And the first thing I do is list my thanks for what God did for me the day before. And so then I'm bringing all the good from yesterday into the day. Remembering his faithfulness is an antidote to doubt and fear. So number one, I thank him for his blessings. Number two, I confess anything that's bothering me or any sins I committed the day before. I remember his mercies are new every morning. That means today's a brand new day. I praise him and then I ask him to speak. And then the third part of this first time reading and journaling is to open his word and read it. If you don't know where to start, start in the Gospels. I read through the Bible every year. It's a one-year Bible reading plan. You can look that up. That is a lot of reading and time. But you can just start with reading the Gospels. Many say to start with John because his friendship with Jesus was so deep. But all four of the Gospels display the truth of Jesus' love for you. And I can't wait to get into some of the stories that he lived while he was here uh, to enable you to more deeply love him and know his sweet love for you. So number one, time reading and journaling. Number two, praise. Psalm 22.3 says that our holy God is enthroned or he inhabits the praise of his people. This means to inhabit or enthrone is to sit and remain and dwell in our praise. So when we praise him, God lands there. It brings God near. And who doesn't want the king of the universe near? So you need to praise God. You can do it with singing. You can read a passage or a verse like Psalm 22, 3, which starts out, you are holy. You can look up the word holy in the dictionary and then write down your thoughts about God being holy. Try to picture him and ask him if there's anything blocking your belief in his holiness. He's with you in this space to meet with you. You will be pleasantly surprised at his nearness and your growing trust. The The thing that I did the other day, I had kind of a cloud hanging over me, is I played Phil Wickham real loud in my house. <laughs> I immersed myself in that worship and it really bolstered my heart. It, it lifted my 
my heart up and just brought light into my day. So that's another thing that you can do, an easy thing you can do. And then the third thing, so we have be in the word and journal, praise, and then the third thing is walk or write or kneel your prayers. Our posturing ourselves to pray gives us success in praying. Face it, we are easily distracted to pray, and we have an enemy that opposes it too. To pray with your pen will slow your mind, it will focus your eye, eliminate distractions. I did this for years, and I still often do. Just put my pen to the paper and begin writing my prayers. But now I also stand up and I walk around my house praying for the things that need God's touch and attention. I pray out loud like he's my friend in the room with me. Sometimes I even march if I need to, um, you know, just encourage myself with what's true. Well, I know a lot of scripture, so it comes out of my mouth readily. But if you don't, you can just bring a verse uh, written on a card and pray it. I've written out verses on spiral bound index cards and taken them on walks with me. And that works great if you're praying them or memorizing them. If you also want scripture prayers with fill in the blank for a name, you can check out my Instagram stories. I have three highlights with scripture prayers in that you can pray for your kids or yourself or your husband. Well, friends, those are the three things that you can do this week. Be in the word, journal, pray and praise. And I just want to remind you today, the Lord loves you. The Lord Jesus died to set you free. He is the Savior who fills you. He wants to help you. So you do your part staying close to him and he will do his. He wants to set you free and make you whole. So this week, just try to be close. Listen for his voice when you're reading or driving or working out. Once you get on a roll, once you become familiar with his voice, there's just more and more and more to be gleaned from spending time in his presence. I will be praying for you to gain traction this week and receiving God's love and in beginning to unearth more lies uh, that you believe and live out of in your life so that you can live your one beautiful life trusting Jesus whole and free. We'll meet you back here next week. Have a happy Easter and God bless you.